0: My next guest grew up like so many children With an ambition to be a footballer They played for the best team Worked extremely hard And was even described by one coach As the most influential player in the league They even went on to sign For one of the biggest clubs in the world Liverpool Then why did this talented young footballer Feel at such a disadvantage The answer is simple because she was a girl. Now at just 24 years old, and after completing her degree in psychology at the University of Manchester, Grace Vella is working to give young female footballers the voice and the platform they deserve through her incredible business, Miss Kick. Founded in 2018, Miss Kick not only started to produce a range of stylish sports products aimed exclusively at female footballers, But they started a movement that is quickly spreading across the globe, proving that there are thousands of young followers out there just looking for someone to step forward and lead. In this episode, Grace talks about the crucial change to her mindset, which transformed her from a doubter to a believer, and outlines her inspirational plan to change the world. This is the Leadership Club Podcast. Okay, Grace, it's really good to see you. I know that we last time we we spoke, we were right in the middle of this whole pandemic, and we're still involved in the pandemic. Um, but it's always good to catch up. I always love your energy, and I love the fact that every time we speak, there's a whole host of new ideas in the air. And I feel like sometimes, you know, as long as I've known you, my, my one of my roles has always been to help you kind of under, under, uh, unscramble some of the the stuff that's going on in your head. Yeah. So I suppose to set some context. Um, you know, you were I've known you for a long, long time. You grew up with an ambition to be a footballer. Mm-hmm. You did a lot of time. I spent a lot of time in the performing arts. Even had a role on television, which I remember. Um, you then went to university to study psychology, and then you're now, you know, an entrepreneur with, you know, a growing voice within women's inequality in sport how the hell did all that happen
1: (laughs) good question i think i've always followed my passion so even though like like you'll know football was what i wanted to go and achieve when i was younger um and i thought that was what i was going to do and obviously it didn't work out the way i thought it would but i always followed what i enjoyed to do so i went to university to study psychology And that love for football never really went away. It's just evolved into something different. Um, And I think when I reflect on my, I do this a lot when I think about why I didn't make it as a footballer. I think I learned from an early age that you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have it up here, then it's not going to happen. And I think that was something I really, really struggled with when I was younger. And now, because I learned that, I've implemented it into what I do now. So now I'm so much more, ruthless with what I do. And so I believe so much in what I want to achieve. And I think that's why my mindset has changed because I learned that. And now I have to I have to give 110% and I have to believe, otherwise it's not gonna happen. And I think that's why I've had such success with what I'm doing at the moment.
0: I'm so keen to talk to you about mindset because I've always found that really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, be- before we get onto that, give us a little sense of, of what Miss Kick is. Tell us about this fabulous organisation that you've, that you've built from scratch in in what seems like no time at all.
1: Yeah, sure. So, take you back to the very beginning. So, it all came about because football was something that I loved to do when I was younger. Um, started off playing for my local team, played for Schem Athletic and then found quite quickly that I was quite good. So, went and tried to Liverpool and got in. Played in the academy set up there for five years and also played at Manchester City. Um, and I loved it. But as much as all my best memories when I was younger were were being with my mates, playing football, I always felt like being a girl put me at a disadvantage. So we were always having kit that never fit properly or put on the worst pitches on the field. And I think this has has an effect on you as a female, as a player. I think that always stayed with me. And I always thought one day I want to do something to change that because There were so many times where I thought, you know what? In five years, this won't be happening, and it still is. So I thought, if no one's going to go and do it, someone has to step up and do it. So I thought, why Why can that not be me? So started off just teaching myself, had zero knowledge, didn't know how to find a logo, set up a website, find products, and just really learned from the ground up about business, about running a, a, a brand, social media, marketing, everything. And I think I've just been really, you say it's been a... No time at all, but I feel like it's been a very, very long time. Um, we've we've spent the past two years really developing this idea. And now it's primarily we sell products, right? So we sell our hoodies, our T-shirts, specifically designed for girls who play football. But to me, it's so much more than that. Like we're creating this movement and we're connecting girls from all over the world. So, for example, we're, we're selling our, our products now in Germany and Australia and America, Canada. Um, and these girls are all making friends and they've finally got a voice and a platform to really shout about their love for the game and feel like there's something that, that represents them and that, you know what, I'm not the only girl and if I want to play football, that's fine. And I think that that's what Miss Kick is. It's it's about that message. It's not just about the, the business side of things. It's about ultimately changing the world, which is what I want to do.
0: It seems like a crazy statement when, when I, I, I go back to, let's let's go back a little bit to when I want to tell you. A, I want to tell people a story, mm-hmm. uh, which I remember really vividly, because obviously, for those that don't know, I, I was I was part of your coaching team as a as a kid, yeah. and you, you know, you were the captain of the team, and, and I always remember, you know, someone that was, you know, I, I would describe if someone said to me describe Grace as a player, I'd say she, she had the heart of a lion. She was very much. The sort of beating heart of that team—you never ever anything short of 100%, mm. massively committed, really good trainer, and and obviously talented as well. Mm. But I remember getting to um, the the one thing I always used to, I used to talk to your dad about it a lot was about you know she was afraid of making a mistake, mm. and we, I remember us was getting to a, a cup final and we we got went to penalties. I remember, and I, I remember <laughs> I remember looking at you and you, I just in the. The fear that was in your face at mm. that time, like massive fear, like to the point that where you were, you know, what seemed like? You were shaking, I- hyperventilating, <laughs> you know. And, and I, I said to you, I remember saying to you, "Don't look at me like that because you're you're, you're having a pe- you're having a penalty." I know, I, know. I was like, <laughs> you know. And, and I remember, I remember you you taking that penalty, and, and it was probably the worst penalty that I've ever seen. Oh, I remember,
1: I felt my knees,
0: <laughs> you know, and and. It's fascinating to think that that you were so f- frightened of of letting people down, yeah, uh, making a mistake, um, you know th- th- this perception that you had that that you you couldn't put a foot yeah. wrong, and yet here you are going into into a world where, you know, you're you're going to have to face up mm. to a lot of uh, maybe a lot of criticism, maybe yeah. a lot of um, people who don't have the same opinion as yeah. you. How did you develop that mindset? You you then went to study psychology. Yeah. Did, that, did that help you to understand your own, I suppose, issues? Mm-hmm. How, how have you evolved that mindset?
1: Yeah, I think studying psychology was a big part of it. I don't think I had the appreciation of how important, like what your thoughts actually influence your behavior and your feelings and how that can influence your performance. Again, I reflect back to football. I. We were never taught about the mental game. We were never taught that as players. It was just fitness, football, your, your talent, and and that that was never taught. So now now I have a deeper understanding. That I haven't gone into psychology. Um, I did a lot around mental health, so mental health difficulties and how they treated them. So that all comes down to CBT therapy. So that's like quite a very popular type of way that they treat depression, anxiety, and that all comes down to how your thoughts, feelings, and behaviours affect. How you then go out and interact in the world, and it all stems back to thoughts. And I think I never really realised sometimes how negative my thought patterns were, and I never drew the the correlation between how I was feeling and how I was performing. whereas now when I'm in situations where I don't think that fear ever goes away. You, you, I'll always be that little girl that's stepping up to take the penalty. I think I've always had that in me, where and I'm, I'm battling it every day, where I'm worried about what people think of me, making a mistake. But I think. I'm more self-aware now to realise what's going on in my head and to know that it's normal. It's normal to have these feelings. I think when you, you learn about human, like the brain, it's, been, it's a, a function, it's a system in your, inside your head that's been in you for hundreds of years and it's been designed to help you to survive. So it's whenever you feel threatened, there's going to be thoughts in your head, but because I now understand that, it helps me to interpret my own reality and, un- and feel more calm, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that'll ever go away. I think it's the same whenever I go and pitch to investors or I stand up on stage and I speak. I still have that feeling. It's just I now interpret it as not necessarily negative, but knowing that I'm pushing myself and I'm outside my comfort zone. And that, that has been key to me being successful is putting yourself in them situations. So now I've just flipped it inside my head.
0: It's such a, a subtle change, but it seems seismic. It seems like a, yeah. a, a huge thing that that's, you know. Because I, I think back to you, to you as, a, as a, a younger person who was very successful uh, as a footballer, very successful, you know, as a performing artist. Everything that you you tended to do seemed to, you know. And, and I, I used to def- I used to you know, I always defend people who, you know, from the outside looking in, people might say, oh well, they get it. All their own way, or yeah. you know, they always get the chances, or whatever, yeah. whatever. And I always say, well, it doesn't come without hard work. Yeah. Like you were an exceptionally kind of hard worker, but but there, like you say, there is a, a mindset shift, and I believe that now in this day and age, it's it's even more so mm-hmm. that young people are very very conscious about what the world thinks of them. Yeah. So in terms of social media, mm-hmm. you you've been Miss Kick's been you know because it, it does appeal to um, uh, you know a younger audience it's very much there in the public domain particularly yeah. on social media you've used social media in a in a really positive way mm. do you find though still you, you think back to when you were younger that yeah. social media it, it, you know is is adding a, a whole host of pressure to young people
1: yeah i think definitely i think it it magnifies what people's lives are like you know when i was little i don't think we had that i think it was on the rise and social media paint, like I'm guilty of it as well. You paint the perfect picture of your life. You're only gonna share the things that you want people to see. And I think especially these influencers, celebrities who are posting things out there that people follow isn't, isn't helping at all. Like you've you seen the backlash recently with all the influencers in Dubai, for example, posting pictures in, on the beach. Like we, We're all in a global pandemic. Like we don't wanna see that. But I think there's a level of responsibility for you as a user of social media so for me I don't follow any influencers because it makes me feel bad about myself how I look because you're always as human beings again it's natural for us to compare ourselves to others it's in our brains for us to do that survival it's a survival mechanism so as much as I feel the platforms need to step up and and you know make a difference I think as a person you have a responsibility to look after yourself as well so I follow a lot of positive things on social. So a lot of like quotes, um, motivational stuff, people that actually inspire me and make me want to be a better person. Because if you think about it, you're on your phone, I don't know, like six, seven hours a day scrolling. That's subconsciously going in your mind, whether you like it or not. And even if you're not taking it in on a conscious level, you're feeding that to your brain every day. So like I say, you've got a responsibility. So you need to, to really take that as, I'm spending seven hours of my life on this. And ultimately that's gonna affect me. So I think that that's really important.
0: I wanted to talk to you about, um, so, so this kind of um, human um, instinct of us comparing to other people mm. or the feel, the need to actually fit in. Yeah. There's a book by um, Seth Godin called The Purple Cow and it's all about, you know, being unique and about mm. creating something remarkable,
1: mm.
0: you know, as remarkable as a, a purple cow. And, you know, I see Miss Kick as, as one of those purple cow moments. But, you know, there's, there's going to be some, I suppose, some courage from from your side, and I'm sure there already has been, where people would stand up and say, you know, you, you've created this brand that's all about um, inclusion yep. and about the women having, having a voice and all of that. Mm-hmm. There will be someone who turns around and says to you, well, hang on a second you know, um, y- you're trying to be inclusive, but, but you know, why is there not a Mr. Kick? Uh,
1: did you see the the recent thing we got last week?
0: No, please, go on, tell me.
1: So we we managed to get an article in a, quite a big Manchester publication. So we were, team of us and we made up, goes out on Facebook to like 700,000 people. And Katie, my, one of our employees, sends me a link. So I'm like, oh my God, it's come out. And I read the comments and I had so many people saying I was sexist saying it's not fair that it's a female-only brand um, just basically taking the mick out of something that I've created and it was horrible it was I've never everything I've done so far has been so positive and to read them comments about being sexist like that is the complete opposite of what I'm trying to achieve if anything if you look at the history of women's football we've been it's been in like an equal so For us, all we're trying to do is to give it that leg up it needs and to give it that exposure and to get them was really hurtful. But I understand everyone's entitled to their opinion, right? But it was actually um, someone I connected with recently. Uh, He run one of the biggest marketing agencies probably in the world. And I was talking to about this topic and he goes to me, if you're not offending people, then you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like be unapologetically yourself and what you stand for. And that stuck with me. And I thought, yeah, do you know what? For about an hour, I was thinking, have i done something wrong. I've, I've made a mistake. I shouldn't have done this. But then, you know, you switch against, flip your mindset, and, and you realise why. What, what, why are you doing what you're doing?
0: But the, the pre, I suppose, the premise of the of the purple cow is very much, and you know, talk about that. You know, it, it, it's. I suppose it's a bit, a bit of an um, you know a way of describing something remarkable. Mm. And 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 that's exactly right. You know, if you're if nobody remarks on on what you're doing, mm. then it's. It's boring. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And the point is if, if you you've created something where if you then start going, well, we're gonna try and do it for the masses, no. then, then and, and we create something for everybody, then it becomes it becomes boring. Yeah. because you know, everybody everybody can have you're one.
1: You're the same as everyone else then. And
0: and what mm-hmm. you're trying to do is is do something very specific yeah. to to women. Mm-hmm. Is there is there a point where have you ever had a conversation where you think maybe we should do that or, or you know, maybe we are, you know, is this too for women or yeah. is, that the, is that the whole point?
1: Yeah, so it's something that we've, as obviously the brand's grown and we get more exposure and publicity and more people have an opinion, it's something that I've thought about. For me, Miss Kick, the products, it's aimed at a female market, but it doesn't stop yourself, anyone else wearing a hoodie and representing the brand. It's about the message I think will always be around female equality because I don't think until that's reached, then that's what I'm going to fight for because that's what I'm passionate about and what I care about. But it wouldn't stop someone like yourself buying a hoodie or a T-shirt. You can still believe in equal rights and equal rights for females in football. So I think, yeah, I think it will always be quite specific and I'll think I'll always want to do it that way because there's still so much work to be done <laughs> in that space.
0: Yeah, and I you know, I was talking to a friend of mine recently and they were, they were talking about... You, A very similar conversation I suppose around around disability and and marginalised communities and Mm -hmm. how you you know how you make it inclusive and that you know the conversation was about just because it's um so we're running a a, an organisation for people with with disability and then people saying well is it not uh, is it not open to people without disability Mm. and the point is inclusivity doesn't work like that the Mm -hmm. idea of inclusivity is we are trying to bring this marginalized community yeah, 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 yeah. in line with the rest of mm. the community it's not if we make it for everybody then they will still be marginalized yeah. in that space in mm. exactly the same way yeah, as what yeah. you're what you're saying mm. you make a brand for everybody else and it loses it just loses its mm. the reason and the why and the appeal that it yeah. that it had at the beginning
1: yeah
0: how close grace do you think we you know what have you seen since the time you've started Miss Kick? Mm. Has it changed at all? Has, has the landscape, the, you know, what what changes have you seen um, within the women's game where you think this is a really big step forward?
1: A lot, to be honest. I think when back in the day, let's say back in the day, like two years ago, when I was pitching, I, I would sometimes start my pitch with, could anyone name, if you like football, could you name a male footballer? And the majority of people would yeah, 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 Like. If you, do you like football, could you name a female player? And a lot of people would say no, whereas now I think a lot of the more in the public eye and the Lionesses, for example, you know who they are, you know the teams, so I'm sure you could name a few players yourself. So I think in terms of the growth, there's definitely been a a change in a, in a positive direction. I think with the WSL, like the signings this year, we've seen with like Alex Morgan um, coming over to play in for Tottenham that would never have happened five years ago. And even for myself, when I reflect, when I was a younger player, the, there was nothing for me as a girl to look up towards or aspire to be. My role models were all men. Um, and I think the, the professionalisation of the WSL the past couple of years and the the funding and the investment that is due to go into the women's game is massive so something that i'm super excited about is the euros happening in england next year and there's there's so much going on behind the scenes to get more girls playing so i think we're going in the right direction but i still feel like there's there's so much more that still needs to be done i think what i'm really really passionate about is it's not just about the money it's about the perception and the stereotypes that people still hold towards girls who play i think then barriers still need to be broken down so that girls can feel comfortable to go and play football, um, whether that's in school or for a team. If you want to go and play, I don't know, for a kickabout with the mates, then barriers need to be broken down more from a societal point of view, as well as the investment to give them girls some opportunities. Also,
0: how much of this, Grace, do you think? And, and going back to you being, a, you know, a psychologist and, and starting to understand things around bias and unconscious bias, mm-hmm. how, how much of this is? You know, people are not outwardly trying to be sexist. Yeah. Some people, some people clearly are. Yeah. You know, that, that, that much is very clear. You know, it's. I suppose the similar conversation around Black Lives Matter and the whole racism mm-hmm. thing. You know, how much of do you believe is 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 just in people's unconscious bias? You know, some of the systems that we have in place that are, have been there for so long that yeah. they 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 really champion men's sport. Do you, yeah. do you know is, is there examples of, of those that you could that you could give
1: yeah so i think unconscious bias it's automatic so we can't change that it when you look at something it goes into your brain before you can even consciously make aware of it and again it comes back to the survival and the evolution perspective where when we were living in huts in the i don't know in the ancient times um we we would need to make these quick snap sharp responses otherwise we would die if we by the time we've seen the lion coming we'd we'd be eaten so we've got a it's unconscious it's got to happen on that level and and yes sadly because of that we we compare ourselves we we have an innate um in our in our brains and in our system to prefer and prefer people who are similar to us and like us who look like us who are from the same area and this comes why we have such issues um with racism gender discrimination um, and I think because football, is, especially in English culture, has been very much a male sport, that's unconscious in people's minds. But again, it comes down to responsibility. I think we, we need to be more aware of these things in the way we're thinking when we're making decisions. Um, quite an interesting study was around CVs, for example, that just remind, reminds me from university. So we put out these CVs for exactly the same resume same qualifications but one was a female one was a male and they sent them to to these people and the men would outweigh the vote, the vote over the women over someone's name and that's gender that's to do with the sound of that person's name so if they're not an english sound name um that would put them at a disadvantage and this is all unconscious and this has all been shown in research i know recently i was reading an article as well around investment funding for 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 up-and-coming businesses like mine and they did the exact same thing same business, same um, balance sheet, profit and loss, but it was a female and a male's name. And they found that the men would be more likely to be picked to have the investment than the woman just because of her gender. So I think these things are around us. Uh, again, I think we need to do more to try and challenge these and, and take responsibility on, in ourselves, to educate ourselves, to learn um, and to understand that these biases are out there.
0: How do you think as well, You know, go, let's think about football, in terms of the women, women in football, mm. we've seen, you know, in time, there's, there's been this whole thing about coaches be, um, you know, professional coaches. Mm. Not enough black coaches in the game. Mm. Certainly, not enough women coaches within a, within a men's setting. Yeah, I, I go back to the days of, of your, you playing, you know, kids football, and what was quite clear was there was a lot of there was a lot of dads yeah. taking their daughters to play football. A lot yeah. of dad coaches. A lot of dad managers. Mm. And probably in the five years that I did it, we, we started to see much more female coaches actually yep. coming in, running female teams, which is what you would like to see. There's been, there, w- there was some stuff in the news around the Chelsea manager who, oh, who, yeah. who was Emma sort Hayes. of, Emma Hayes, who was touted to be the new manager of uh, MK Dons, I think it mm-hmm. was. And, uh, you know, I think she she, she said, why would I, I want to work with them when I work with, you know, European Cup winners every yeah. single week, which I thought was a really, a really, you know, good comment to make um you know do you think that you, you know how far is it in the future before we see a, a woman a premier league manager premier league coach mm. premier league referee not just a not just a a, a referee's assistant but mm. but the actual referee how how close are we to that do you i
1: don't think? know i'd like to think we're on the way and i would love one day for a woman to manage a premier league team um I reckon in the next five years, I'd like to say that this would happen. I know um, there was a lady who refereed the Champions League and she was the first female referee to do that. That's happened. Um, So I think it's on its way. But I think that person will get so much stick. I was reading, when, when that news came out about Emma Hayes, I was reading some comments on social media and they were awful again about just because she was a woman, like... She doesn't understand the game. Women don't have a place in the game. She doesn't know what she's doing. Um, she'll fail and then everyone will t- blame it because she's a woman. And she'll, do you know what I mean? Like all these comments. So I think someone's going to have to be brave, but I think someone will do it, I think, in the next next five years.
0: Yeah, I think that's, you, you know, you, you talk about bravery and about courage. And, you know, as I say, going back to you before, you know, what what's your your message to, to other people? So younger people, so in a very similar position to you who maybe you know for the next 20 30 50 years you mm-hmm. know God knows how long it's gonna be where people will come up against that that type of comment yeah you know that that criticism mm-hmm. and I, and I do think I absolutely you know I, I'm a massive advocate for women's football as you know because I you know coached in, in that in that arena for for years um, and I would always sort of champion that and talk to mm-hmm. other people and you know someone who played the game myself, I would know that there was there was a there was some really really top players out mm. there but it will ultimately come down to someone that's got the, the, the bravery the to stand up and just say listen you know I, I'll prove my point yeah. you know what? what is your message to people who who follow the Miss Kick brand but also female footballers in a very similar position to you mm. who, who are fed up of that stick and, mm. and maybe think oh I might I might just go and do something else
1: I think that issue is deeper than football so I think it's not anyone listening to this, it doesn't have, you don't have to be a, girl. want to be a footballer. I think for girls and women in general, this is something that we have to come up with on a daily basis. I think as well, being from Skelmersdale, it's, you know, you've grown up in Scam as well. It's There's sometimes a belief that because of where you're from, you can't go and achieve something. Um, but my message is always that I I strongly, strongly believe that I'm just a normal person, right? I've come from a normal family. Um, I've just always worked really, really hard. And, always follows my passion so I'd like to think that when people see me on social media um you know coming up against these people or doing things that I could only have ever dreamed of doing these past 12 months that they feel that they can do that as well and if I can do it, anyone can do it honestly I think it just comes down to finding what you're passionate about not so much finding your purpose but finding things that you really care about it doesn't have to be a sport it can be you can care about looking after people you can be very passionate about that you can go find a career in that it's just about finding that and then just backing yourself and believing in yourself I think my fear of not reaching my full potential now outweighs my fear of failure and that's took a long time to develop um but ultimately I believe I believe in what I'm trying to achieve and and my message is that just to always always stand up for what you believe in and not to be not to be afraid of what people think, because regardless of what you want to do, there's always going to be someone who tears you down. It, like, there's always going to be someone who disagrees with you. And there's no point, like we were talking about, being being vanilla <laughs> in this world. Otherwise, you make a no noise and then you're not going to make any progress.
0: I remember going back to a conversation we had about early on in your uh, Miss Kick journey. We were, you know, you had opportunities to present and, and opportunities to talk. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was, there was this thing about, you know, that, that you... Was it a fear of, you know, just um, not, not felt like you belonged in that yep. area? Or not not necessarily because you were a, a woman, the, the fact that, that you were just young and yeah. inexperienced, mm-hmm. you know, but you, you know, you did, you, you obviously did, and you, you, you know, you got in there and you did it. Yeah. You know, what, was, it a, was it a feeling about being a woman or was it a feeling about, I've just got no idea what I'm talking that about? was, was it. More I that. felt
1: like I was just winging life at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I try to remind myself is that all the all founders, everyone at the beginning of their journey was once a beginner. So a lot of the people who've gone on to have successful business, businesses once didn't have a clue as well. You've just got to have the guts to put yourself out there. So, yeah, I find myself in a lot of positions where I would be sat there in a boardroom and I'd be like, how have I got here? How has this happened? And I think that feeling will never go away. I so still, I still feel on a daily basis so lucky to have the opportunities I've had and to be working with the people I am doing. Um, but yeah, it's not, I don't see it as a sign of weakness anymore or as a sign that, you know what, I need to pack up my bags and get off now because I don't feel comfortable. Being uncomfortable is the whole point. That's what I want to do. I want to grow. I want to progress. So now when I feel I'm feelings, it's a good thing. I see it as a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, but yeah, I think you've just got to be brave. Just got to back yourself and just... When you go in to speak to people, you might be a bit nervous, but just believe in what you're trying to achieve and what what you say. Always be authentic and be yourself. So I remember, um, I remember having this weird feelings around. Oh, if I'm a business owner, in my head, I thought I'd have to be like this really big, strong. You had this image of what a a leader is like, and I thought that's not me. I can't do that. But actually, just being yourself and having your own style of leadership is what I found to be. People resonate with that, and they believe they believe in you, you're the person that you are, where you've come from, the way you sound, the way you look. That's you buy into that authenticity. You don't have to pretend to be someone else, because then what's that's what I've found to be really helpful in my respect. I just be myself now wherever I am. I go dressed like this into meetings because this is this is me. This is Miss, 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 miss Kate mm-hmm. There's no point tying my hair back, coming in in my skirt. That's not who I am, and that's really helped me out. Possibly.
0: I think that's so good I think that's such a, a really really good message to everybody not just young people there's so many people out there who are inauthentic mm. because they're trying to be something for somebody else mm-hmm. everything that they do you know people who's even you know around this sort of time oh, i want to I want to lose weight to, to go I want to get in that you know bikini body type of thing mm. it, it it's really a lot of it the reason that it's not sustainable is because they're they're doing it for for somebody mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. and when they start to actually Start to be look at themselves and say, "This is what I want for me." Yeah, it actually, it, it actually it's, it helps. It,
1: that's like an, like the extrinsic values. So if you're doing something for an extrinsic purpose, so extrinsic means like something out of yourself. So it could be for money, for to make yourself look better the motivation decreases massively. If you do it for intrinsic value, so something that you actually really care about, they've done massive studies about this, you're more likely to stick at it, you're more likely to feel happiness, fulfilled. Um, And I think, yeah, that that would be something else that if I was wanting to set up a business or or anything at all, do something that's intrinsic to you. Don't do it because it looks good or for money because it's been shown in research after and after again that that'll decrease over time and you'll be less likely to stick at it. And especially as a business owner, you've got to be 100% into it, into what you're achieving. So, yeah, always try and do it for something that you care about.
0: Now, I was listening to another uh, a podcast by Adam Grant. Have you heard of Adam Grant? No. So uh, Adam Grant's uh, like a, um, it'd be interesting for you, actually, because it's very much organisational psychology, yeah. it's all of that. And talking about authenticity, actually, when you mention it, uh, and there's a time when, Adam Grant was talking about, there's a time when you can become too authentic. Mm-hmm. In a sense of the weaknesses that you that you have mm-hmm. um, that that are quite that, that do hold you back, even though they they do belong to you, it's not it's not putting them in the room. Mm-hmm. You, you know, um, some, sometimes sometimes that's okay, but but stuff that questions your competency and maybe yeah. some of those things are are your best not to mm-hmm. to bring to particular settings. And whereas actually, you can ha- your authentic self is not just. Um, there isn't just one, yeah. there, there is maybe three or four. So yeah, you have is, yeah. a, you know, a, a, you're authentic at work, which mm-hmm. means maybe something different than you being authentic with your friends. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the point is is more about reflection and understanding what yeah. what those kind of intrinsic values are. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Are. I'm not behaving the same uh, at work than I am with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> but that's fine, like you say. Yeah. You wear different hats of for course. different yeah, yeah. environments. But, yeah, I think as long as you keep them values... Uh, strong and you know what they are then you can yeah you change you can change in that way
0: there, there is a whole thing about in leadership I want to talk to you about you know how early do you still you class yourself as a leader now as a leader of an organization mm. I remember when you you were a captain of a football team I wanted you to, to go back to that mm. you were in a leadership position then you you were someone to put you in one you certainly hadn't put yourself in one um, and it wasn't just the fact that you were the manager's daughter either yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know I can definitely vouch for that it wasn't it wasn't that um but but do, do you you know what was your when you were a captain of that team, which I, was which I know was a job that you took very very seriously um did you have a conscious set of values then that you wanted everybody to understand mm. what was your what was your thought process about being the captain?
1: <laughs> I was talking about something similar the other day about this I think when you're younger you don't really you're not really that aware you just go and play football you just want to go play football you just want to win you want to you know you want to go and put your boots on and play so I don't think I have as such a conscious awareness as I do now but I think I knew that I was the captain you wore the armband that meant something didn't it and I always wanted to make sure that I led by example I wanted to make sure I was the hardworking, most hard working person on the pitch because if I'm not doing it then no one else is going to do it and it's exactly the same now with with my work I want to make sure that people see how hard I'm working so that they feel like they're, they're obliged to do it also but I think when you're younger like it's not you, you don't think really you just you just go about your life don't you and, and you're just playing there's something that you love to do
0: when did it be when did it become apparent obviously I know recently that you've started on take you've taken on uh, yeah. a, a, a couple of um members of staff and you've got some interns as well yeah what, what is you know so so did the penny drop to you that actually wow I, I'm actually I'm actually in charge of this yeah. team you know and what was your what was your thought process behind mm. that what was your what did you want that kind of ethos to be within Miss Kit
1: yeah so this is something that I've gone through probably the past six months so even maybe four months ago it was just me so I had just myself to worry about and I did everything I didn't have no one to wants to and I've gone from that in the space of four months to having five investors two employees four interns um and they're all looking at me, I'm in charge. I'm, I'm steering the ship. Um, and that realization is, it hit me. I remember when when I walked into the office for the first time and thankfully our first hire, I've known for quite a long time, but still that sense of responsibility thinking, these people rely on me for their job now. It's not just about me anymore. If we don't succeed, these people are gonna be out of work. Um, these people who've invested their money into into me, into my business, they're gonna be out of pocket. And that, that, I think for about a week I was a bit, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, this has happened, because I'd I'd wanted to get to this point for so long, and when it hit me, I thought, am I going to be, I had had self-doubt, and I think, um, there's this thing called gold medal syndrome, have you heard about it? No. So it's like these people who, when they wait for something for so long, when they get it, they almost go into sort of like a depression for like a bit of time because they've worked so hard. I think I experienced that after getting the investment in and and joining the team, and I, I was so lost. I was like I was thinking I should be elated here I should be feeling like the best I've ever felt I've worked so hard to achieve this and um, but again as human beings you adapt you settle in and and now I understand that I am in charge but I feel like I am the right person for this job and for what I'm trying to achieve for Miss Kick I don't think anyone else could come and do what I'm doing of course I understand I'm a 24 year old girl I haven't run a business before I haven't led a team so I'm learning every single day but I've got an amazing group of people behind me to lean on who I know I can pick up the phone they'll give me advice so I have people to keep me in check Um, so even though I'm in charge I have them people to lean on who if I was stuck or I was concerned um I feel like I can speak to them but again I'm learning and I'm going to make mistakes I accept that now I'm not, not as scared about making their mistakes anymore
0: you talk about uh, interesting. You mentioned the gold medal syndrome. <laughs> I, I, w- I mentioned to you just before about the the concept of um, finite and infinite game. Mm-hmm. And I know that you are, are a fan of Simon Sinek. You've read yeah. Start with Why. So I, uh, the other book I was recommending to you was was Finite and Infinite Game, which is exactly the same concept as as the gold medal syndrome. Mm-hmm. So and this is interesting. I get your view on this because you football is a is a finite game. Mm-hmm. So it has you know two teams, an agreed set of rules and objectives, mm-hmm. and if, if one team wins the the other one must lose. yeah gold medals in, in athletics mm-hmm. is, you know, the idea is that you train, you train, you train, but it, mm-hmm. it's a finite goal. You 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 win the gold medal. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. Obviously we, but, but there is some things that are, are infinite, which means that they, you know, the, th- there is no, you can make your own reels up. Mm-hmm. People can join the, t- join the game at any time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the best examples, I suppose, of infinite games are education. And although you, you're working towards, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, goals in terms of exams or you got a degree and mm-hmm. so on and so on. But but you're never you you can't win education. Yeah. You, 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 oh, I've I've completed education. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. And and the other one is is maybe relationships, but is also is business. Yeah. You, you can't win at business. No. Unless you. But but Simon Sinek's point is, I suppose, is about when you start to play an infinite game with finite objectives, you you, you can come on stock, So you talked about Miss Kick becoming so in one breath, it, it's a it's a clothing brand. Yeah it's about um i suppose it's it, first and foremost it has a bigger there's a bigger message yeah. but in order to you know in order for you to do more of that mm-hmm. the the money mm-hmm. helps you helps you to do mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. how do you make sure that you don't become so you have investors you talk about trying to keep people in jobs and all of that yeah. how do you you know be careful that you don't follow the money, yeah. and and lose the message of Miss Kick.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. And it's something that I'm very conscious of. Um, but for me, the way I view Miss Kick's success, we will be successful if our message is heard, right? If we spread this message because it's so important, it resonates with so many people, um, that's what people buy into regardless of... They, they buy into what we're trying to achieve. So my focus, and every, this is just me, this is a belief of the entire Miss Kick team Is if we push this message, the money will be a byproduct. It'll come. You know what I mean? Um, so again, I'm not saying it's not important. So we we have goals, we have targets, we have objectives because we want to get to X in this time of this over the next six months, which are important to hear. But it all comes down to the message. It's like start with why. With again, Simon Sinek. That's what's important, and that that's why I always hold my mind whenever I'm making any products and um, post anything on social media. How is this making people feel? Is this promoting the me- the message that we want people to feel? And that has been the success. That's why we've been successful: is people that message. So it's two separate things, but it's almost they almost work hand in hand, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think Simon Sinek has a great uh, uh, you know, um, sort of analogy where he talks about people buy a car and they don't buy a car to put fuel in it. Mm-hmm. They buy a car to, to go places, mm-hmm. and the fuel helps you get there. And I suppose in, in terms of Your business—it's about yes, the money. That's not—I mean, people talk to me about my business, and they say, you know, we work in the non-for-profit sector. Yeah, it's the most ridiculous statement ever. You know, non-for-profit is is not how how businesses our business should be defined, Mm -hmm. because the the we're absolutely for profit. It's just what we decide to do with the profit that makes us Mm -hmm. the organization that we are. Yeah. So we we make all the time we're looking to make a margin and make a profit because the more profit we make, the more people that we can influence yeah. and, and help and change. I suppose that's the same thing for Miss Kick.
1: Yeah, sure. So I was listening to this podcast actually and it was from a, a quite a very successful business person and they were saying that how their their values and their mission was to help people to give back. And he said, Well, if that was the case, why did I have to build this big business first? Why couldn't I have just gone and, I don't know, gone and start helping people? And his thinking, and it made so much sense to me, is that he needed to build up himself and his platform and his business to help put him in a position to be able to do these things. And that's what I think with Miskick. I think, obviously, we want to make money. We're a business. And I don't think there's any shame in saying that. But I think in order for us to reach as many people and to build this platform that we want to do, we need to be successful in a business sense. And... That's why I have no shame in that. I have no shame in saying that because the more successful the business is, the more t-shirts we may sell, the more community members we may build up, the more of an impact we're going to have on the world. And again, like for us, it's, we we don't we also have our foundation as well, which we do we do our grassroots stuff and we give back. But even from a business angle, like I feel that. That's why it's so important that we, we build this brand. It's a statement. Like, if we if we can miskick the girls' football brands can be against Nike, Under Armour, like, that's going to make such a statement to the world. And I think that will have a bigger effect than if I was just to go out with no money and go and, like, volunteer over weekends, in my mm-hmm. opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and is there an end to it? What What's the end? The miskick? Yeah.
1: <sighs> Who knows? So I think it's crazy because even when I look at the past two months... There's, there's ideas that we didn't even have in December that are hopefully going to happen so for me I think we'll always have our products and we're still on I'm still undecided about how I want to take that whether we go down the more sportswear based stuff like a like a gym shark for example or whether we keep it power focused or whether we do a bit of both but for me I want to build Miss Kick the platform so this is about connecting girls from all over the world like I say we've we have ambassadors now who all speak on a WhatsApp group chat. We had a girl from Singapore send a girl from Manchester this package of stuff and we're bringing these girls together all through Miss Kick and that's what it's about. It's about building that online community. So I think for us, I would love us one day to have our own application where girls can chat, connect. And we have our own channels where we share news content, uh, do all that, as well as our product and as well as give back to, to grassroots football, do events, Take over the world. That's the plan.
0: <laughs> I, I, I just love, I love the fact that the you know that's the ambition. There is no real end. It's a it's a continuous. I feel like you
1: can't you can't it, say this is where I'm going to be. You can't complete
0: it exactly. There's no there's no such there's no such thing. You know, and I think that that you know, read and start with why you'll know that, and and we know in business you'll know that now is that you there is the why the the why person mm. and the what the what people. Yeah. I have it in my business all the time, you know, as a as a director of theatre as well, you know, there's certain people that you cannot do without mm. that they are the people that make the wheels turn, but but someone has to have the vision and yeah. someone has to keep the vision sacred and, and away from everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I believe that that you know you've always been that person who who is the the product helps you. Mm -hmm. with in in sort of the why but the why is the is the main reason yeah and there will always be people that can that that will be better designers there'll be be, better people at taking things to market better people at you know logistics and and planning but there won't be you know for you at the minute it's very much about your job is is about about the message and i think that that is is so vital and you also said you know i find this really interesting that um so we talk about leadership and, and I'm really fascinated. I've, I think you've been a leader all your life, but but not someone that defines themselves as one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said that, you know, just recently that you, you're starting to take on these members of staff and you you have a, a small team in which they are relying on you for their income and so on and so on. But actually at the start of, we, at the bit earlier on today, we were talking about how you've got people all over the world now yeah. starting to, to buy in to this, this thing. And actually it's not that none of these people didn't believe that women should have a place at the table. Mm. It's the fact that like so many people, they're just waiting for someone to lead them Mm. to make someone to actually have the courage and the bravery to say, I'm going to, I'm going to do this Mm. and you guys are going to, are going to help me do it. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who've been waiting for somebody, you know, to, to have that,
1: to yeah, have that I do have a feel of responsibility to all the girls that we we look after. I say look after, but that we represent. Of I feel a a duty to them to make this a success. I feel like this, the business, me being a success, it's like almost symbolic. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like whenever I go and do anything now, I'm not just doing it for me, it's for all them girls all over the world who now know who Miss Kick is and have take so much value from it. Like we, we, for example, we we had a young girl who. We, we have like a WhatsApp group chat now and this, this girl had never done a Zoom class because she was too uncomfortable. Like she didn't have the, the, the um, strength to do a Zoom class, but she became part of this WhatsApp group chat and a mum me- messaged me like, I'll live in a of a Zoom class today because all the other girls from Miss Kicked it one." And I was like, wow, this is what we're doing. We're actually helping girls through our message. So that's what I try and hold on to every day is to, to know that there's, there's these girls that need, need someone really. So I'm trying my best.
0: Grace I'm going to just I'm going to leave it there. I want to thank you for your for your uh, time today but also, you know, if someone asked me whether you were going to be successful in the time that I've I've known you since, you know, being a little girl, I've always always said Grace Vella will be successful and and it wasn't due to the fact that whether it be at football mm. or whether it be as a performer or whether it be as an entrepreneur. You could thought I'd do this though. No, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but, but, you know, knowing knowing you as well as I do and and the foundation that you've got, the, the, the family, the people that you've surrounded yourself with, your ability to build those relationships mm-hmm. as well, I think, has is, is been vital. Um, I have no doubts that, you know, the, the, the women's, the world of the women's game is, you know, you are absolutely a, a brilliant ambassador for that Thank and you. I wish you all the success in the world. Thank you.